Live from the light beer flavored apocalypse, this is State of the Game Volume 60. That's right. Proud of us. Um, the, my name is Dan O. Much like Navy Blue tells you, I am special like Grandma's Kisses. <laughs> Remember it. My co-host. <laughs> much like Mac Hami is surrounded by ill divas, Lupitas. <laughs> and uh, it's it's good it's a good time for him right now. So K Diggy, thank you for being here. Yeah. This evening. We are talking. We this is the big time. We've got real albums here. This is yeah. This is top shelf. Mm-hmm. I wanted to, uh, yeah, I wanted to get top shelf stuff because uh, it, it was a big week while we were talking about other stuff. So this is this is intense. Yeah, I mean, this is the strongest. I, I would say of this year, this is probably the three strongest albums that we've reviewed in a show. Yeah. So when we start parsing negative elements of these albums. Keep it in context. <laughs> yeah. yeah. These are the, these are all A pluses, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so here's we got we got to waste a little bit of time before we do this. <laughs> um, there's a gentleman named Brian B. Miller. Have you heard of him? Brian B. Miller. No. He is. Uh, he is the co-host of the Rap Radar podcast uh, with Elliot Wilson. Elliot Wilson heads it up for title. Mm-hmm. He's the co-host. He's very connected, uh, you know, uh, well-to-do, important uh, guy. He asks really good follow-up questions. Not a person who is without skill, but a person who has put out the 10 best rappers of 2021 list so far Mm, okay based on skill performance and presence and this list is rough (laughs) we're talking about the best the 10 best rappers of 2021 so just based on content released in 2021 skill performance and presence i i mean let me give you the names okay Number 10 is Jim Jones. Like Dipset Jim Jones? Yes. Uh, Okay. Number nine is Jay-Z. Oh, oh, hmm. Okay, so this is like a a current, this is like an instantaneous list of it's, at it's this moment in time this as a current list right if i told you this was his all-time list you'd be like okay because it's like so number nine is jay-z number eight is nas number seven is freddie gibbs number six is drake number five is benny the butcher four is conway three is little wayne two is j cole one is little baby. Uh, no. Number one. 
<laughs> what are you trying to get you get you trying to get a rise of me already? Like are you trying to start the show? <laughs> I mean, I'm just I, I debated on whether to talk about this because it's just I try to keep it positive. I try to keep it pushing. Um but it's depressing, right? It's depressing. Um because there's so, you know, there's so much happening. There's so many cool, great projects that are happening. So many unique, awesome voices. And to have a list like this, like, oh. No. Oh, no. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. I mean, Nas has had a very good 2021, I think. He is, he sounds sharp on a lot of projects. I mean, I've I've only heard him with the only project I've heard him on with is Jay Z, the two Jay Z songs. Yeah, I thought he sounded really good on on those, uh, but he's he had he had he had some features that he had been spreading around that were really good, but so, but what Little Wayne, three? And he had Cold too. Project out. A no. mixtape or something? No. Wait, have you heard lots of buzz about Little Wayne this year? I I heard he did a he did a song I think with it wasn't Little Baby. Um, I don't know. I, I heard I heard uh who's Roddy Rich? I heard him on a song with Roddy Rich a couple of days ago actually. Uh, right. And he just he just sounded like Wayne Wayne does, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know what the criteria for the list is. I mean, if if popularity comes into play, then I guess yeah, I guess yeah, then I could see where he came from. But other than that, I don't understand. I wouldn't have yeah. Cole at number two. I mean, I guess he released. Like what? No ceilings three, and that was in twenty twenty. That was November twenty twenty. So it wasn't right. like that bomb that went off, and it's still affecting the market, right? Like, no. no, it was it was a bunch of cool Wayne freestyles, and it kind of went, you know. Right. Uh, it, it's just one of those like, man, when are you guys going to stop freaking out about the same five names? It's almost you know, mm-hmm. Hollywood did that for a while when it was like, you know. Who's gonna be in this movie? Brad Pitt, George Clooney, and it was just like the same six people in every movie. You know, yeah. Okay, and it's and then TV kind of changed that a little bit, right? Where you started to see, like, oh, that's the guy from you know Mad Men, or that's the guy from Boardwalk Empire, mixed in to major films, and it started to make things better. Honestly, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, Hollywood gets like the movies get more condensed like that, where it's like star power, star. Right. Uh, and I think that that seems to be the essence of this list is like star power. You know, like who's everyone buzzing about? And it's it's almost a lot. It's a lot like the men's tennis game, I would say as well. You know, like with the men's tennis game, you know, you have you've had your three big stars for the past feels like decade maybe probably decade plus Federer, Djokovic and Nadal. They were the ones who sucked the oxygen up out of the room. So other, other names couldn't get, or very few other names could get shine. 
uh, and that recognition that they deserved for their games. And I think that's kind of what this list reminds me of. You know, he's got the same mainstays that he's probably had for the past 10 years, you know, except for Little Baby. I mean, Little Baby is... And I don't know if this is if this is uh, like a thesis on the condition of the modern rap rap mainstream rap game, but I mean, Little Baby is the one who. I mean, he's he's the one that looks like he's going to be able to break through and be like that next big big star. I'm so glad you said that. Took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, Little Baby deserves a spot on that top ten. Yes, agreed. So, you know, is, should he be number one? Should he be number three? Look, he deserves to be on that list. He, agreed, he's 100%. He's outworked everybody on that double. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's just that that list doesn't include a lot of other people right. uh, that are great uh, in a different way. So it's, it's, it's a bummer. Um, right. And it's a bummer because that's that's a music person, right? <laughs> doesn't know it, doesn't know music, right? Like it's it's that's a bummer. Um uh, but it you know, whatever. Um it's not it's not anything I'm gonna type in all caps about, it's not anything I'm gonna comment at him about. you know, it's just a you gotta bummer. tweet him. You gotta you gotta it's get this, bummer. you gotta get your first Twitter beef of 2021, man. It's a bummer. This is a, <laughs> I wish I just want. I want people to have access to the best shit. And if you're telling me that like, I don't know, Betty the Butcher is like the fifth best artist of 2021. I just don't think you have enough music. Yeah. Agreed. I agree. A hundred percent. Especially after this week, after the listening to the albums that we listened to. Don't have enough. Yeah. Nothing yeah. against Betty. Betty's great. Betty's uh, great. But, but yeah. You know, crazy. So we and one of the people on this that we're looking at this week came right at B Dot's head on that shit. West Side Gun came mm. right at B Dot's head and said, I don't know what you're smoking, but Mac Hami needs to be on this list. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I, I can't disagree. I know he's I know he's st- standing up for his, his artist, but He's got a case. Conway's put out two albums, but honestly, you can you can put those two albums together as a superpowered monster and pray for Haiti beats. Not, yeah, you know, nothing against it. It's just who would you rather have? You know, Dame Lillard or Steph? Steph. Uh. Mm, okay i mean not i mean and you're saying this after you know the 55 point game last night with 12 threes yeah no he has a lot of those he has a lot of those it's because he doesn't get people involved he doesn't Mm. it all runs through him it all runs Mm. through him and so he this is our gonna be our dame lillard sidebar that like (laughs) He gets crazy numbers. He can shoot from anywhere in the gym. He's incredibly talented. But there's a little AI-ness to this of like, mm. is it a question of what would you be if your team was better? Or is it 
why isn't your team better? Because <laughs> um, mm. if one guy's scoring 55 and you're still losing, what, what's going on? You're losing to a team who doesn't have their best defender and is bad at defense. Mm. Mm. Okay. So, I mean, that's so, a interesting, yeah. interesting point. And honestly, with Carmelo there, it's kind of perfect. It's kind of a team full of people who have basic fundamental issues with how they play. That's my <laughs> that's my understanding of them. So, sidebar over. Pray for Haiti. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about Pray for Haiti? I mean, I I loved it. I was surprised to find out that it was a Griselda release. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, and so I mean, I thought you know we're so used, we're so accustomed to hearing like a specific type of, I guess, rap style and rap sound from Griselda releases, and I thought that this one, like this one, really sparkled. Pray for Haiti really sparkled because it had elements of that, but it was a lot more uh, brighter and, dare I say, gentler, than your your average Griselda release label release i think yeah i mean i it's it's i i, I emailed you we, me and zilla had a great conversation about this uh album i asked him his feelings and um and he said he loved it and that mag Hami sounds like evil most deaf <laughs> Yeah, he's just very, you know, he's very calm. But what what he's rapping about is not very calm. It's not very like. It's it's almost like a juxtaposition between his 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 rap delivery and what he's actually rapping about. It, it's very it's quite interesting. Right, right. No, it, it's. And I've actually talked about Mac Hami before on State of the Game. There's a lot of people loving Pray for Haiti that d- didn't know him before and are now getting into him, right? Mm-hmm. So to give kind of a ba- Mac Hami backstory, he's been around for a long time. He is. He could be on the poster for Artist of the Unbound Function, right? He His stuff swings all mm-hmm. over. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Mac Hami albums I've bought excitedly. And then been like, this didn't work, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Mac Hummy albums that that I didn't know about. Left field, amazing, right? He's all over the board, all over the map. Um, and you can you can feel why, but but he is on this album, Pray for Haiti, right? Even this album has gentle swings back and forth. Yeah. Uh, Content-wise and quality-wise, but he is, he's a completely unique entity. Mm-hmm. And whenever I've heard anybody copying him and, and trying to do a Makami thing, it's their worst shit. Hmm. It's their worst. And it's because you can't mirror him. 
Mac Hami will come in and give you the craziest, illest verse. And then he'll float the rest of the track if he wants. Right. Yeah. You can't do that. You just can't start doing. Yeah. I mean, he's like that veteran on the basketball court that, you know, he's been playing for years, so he knows his spots. So, you know, he gets to his spots and he takes a shot and you, you look up and he's got 30 and everyone's wondering how he did it. Yep. But, you know, he, he, he's just going about getting to a spot and shooting just repeatedly through the game. And people don't yep. even you don't you don't even recognize or notice it. Just a spirit. You just yeah. follow the spirit. There was I, I think I can't remember the name of the album, but it was like an album or two ago for Bronson, Action Bronson. He had fallen in love with Hami. If you watched that um, cooking show he has on Spike, he was like, Mac Hami's the best rapper of the year. And then his next album was like, was like Hami, and he was trying to like float and shit like that. And I'm like, no, man, it's not you. You can't. <laughs> it just didn't work. It, it didn't, you know. Just because you're loving it doesn't mean you can do it. Yeah. Um, nothing is Bronson's an adventurous dude. Absolutely. Uh, understood. You know, it's, it's easy to fall in love with something so unique and just want to want to have a piece of that. And uh, you can't do that with Hami. You can't. Mm. It's it and and he's. I don't know. What would you say was was unique about? his style, his presence on this. I, I think it was, he just had a, he had a cool confidence about him. Um, in a way like, like his confidence is different than the other Griselda artists. Like I'm thinking Benny Conway and Westside Gun. Um, it's just very like, I don't know how to explain it, but there's like a charisma and it's just a laid back approach to it. And he, he's very confident and he's, he's very self-assured uh, in who he is as an artist. And you can, really, you can really hear that in a way that you don't hear with other artists off of that label in general. And I, I'm not like knocking them, I'm just saying, there's just something different about his his delivery and his uh, his rap persona. So he's he's able to kind of give you everything, right? Mm -hmm. By the way, he's a big game player. When he gets when he gets an opportunity, he doesn't squander it. I will say that for Hami. Now, with the artist of the Unbound Function thing, his stuff swings in quality and all that. But when I heard that there was an album with West Side Gun. And and Hami, I said, "There's he's going to destroy this." I just knew he would come in focused. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. You know, fourth quarter game time, he's ready. So he's able to give you dexterity, not just in his flow, but in his writing. Uh, I love the twenty sixth letter. The the opener. Yes, that is some evil most deaf shit right there. Give you a bit of it. And how would you how would you describe evil 
what does that mean evil most deaf let's i will get i'm going to give you some examples here okay uh, i'm going to get some lyrics talk shit and get wild personal sometimes it hurt to smile on the day i was born they cursed the child african-american gentleman got bogged up just for being haitian till i let them caps fly without no graduation so He's able to give you the gun talk, the punchlines, the caps fly without no graduation, but he gives you the wild personal, hurts to smile. He gives you warmth. He gives you presence. Yeah. But then they curse the child. Like he gives you, he, there's an ominous cloud, right? There's a dark cloud over what he's talking about. It's always there. Mm -hmm. Um and does that make sense? That's just not. Yeah, you know, how he's able to fluctuate his tones and very. Uh, he's efficient and how and he's very efficient with his very, bars. Yes, which is weird because some he's very efficient and he can get a lot done in a verse, but then he stretches out and he can just vamp, right? He can just mm -hmm. vibe. Uh, stretch a hook into the rest of the track um he, yeah he can he he can take up all the space or very little of it and so and he, he sometimes does the accordion thing right and i mean that's that's just a veteran presence that's you know being in the game for as long as he's been in there he, he's right. able to he's able to see and hear tracks differently than newer artists who came in to the get who are just coming into the game and haven't earned those stripes yet. Yep. And that experience. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, that makes sense to me. It, it's he's a it's so that's yeah, 26 letter is a great opener. It's a great way to, you know, really buckle down on that and show people who you are. Uh, and what you're doing. Let's see here. I'm just looking at my notes. So yeah. And <laughs> so one of the things I talked uh, to Zilla about was how cool it is. Like there are great rappers who have done a lot of great work, but they can't seem to get that thing. Right, they can't seem to uh, get a song that really pops, or lines that really pop. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They they can't get a great single is like a slogan. It carries your identity in it, and mm -hmm. he he just kind of does that throughout this. Does what? So I think so. Mac Hami has like eleven or twelve albums, by the way. Wow! I was just thinking that up. Um, so, like as an example, I don't know if you remember on um, Fole Adu. Um, that Fole Adu? Oh, okay, that's number three. Yeah. He says, you really stuffed up. You need flow <laughs> I 
And I, I wrote in my notes, fans need lyrics they can yell along to. It, it's like you, it's like you mentioned, I think we mentioned this concept before the tricks, right. uh, like, you know, guys like Drake and Kanye, like the really, I only pop, trust I mean, my bed and my mom. I'm sorry. Sorry. She said, do you love me? Yeah. Like those are like the mainstream artists. They rely, they rely more on those tricks. You know what I mean? To make connection with their with their audience and so if you want to cross over into that mainstream get 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 a little bit more popularity you have to not only master the lyrics but you also have to master those tricks as well yeah i yeah i mean you have to and he he really uses it to great effect um i really think you know, the producers that kind of changed the Griselda sound a little bit throughout this project are Camouflage Monk and Conductor Williams. Mm. Conductor Williams does Folladu, Michael Jackson, uh, oh. Stellar Ray Theory. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so he has that monk does mm -hmm. you know uh no blood no sweat murder season ooh, ooh. oh rami he does rami uh, and blockchain ooh yeah so yeah so those to me those are the two people that really set the table for what this sounds like mm -hmm. uh how would you describe the sound of the album it's it's a like griselda as a label is known for that you know that in your face aggressive sound um production wise like the hard you know the hard new york sound and for me, like the production on there, it's it's like that, but it's a it's a lot softer, and it's a lot warmer, and thus it's a it's a lot more accessible to the average, you know, the average listener. I think the drums are fantastic, mm -hmm. right? There's there's great drums on this. Uh, it really does move and has punch to it. Yeah. I think we've seen some of the Griselda stuff flatten out a little bit as to where like one song sounds like the next song, you know, and there's a consistency to it. Yes, you're right. I, there's, there's a working hypothesis here that says West Side Gun doesn't want that consistency. Hmm. Uh, yes, I would agree. I think if you want your label to survive and thrive, you need to have your, I mean, you need to have some, like, there's got to be some very, there's got to be some variation. Think about what is the other most sonically daring, artistically daring Griselda project that you've heard? 
It'd probably be West Side Guns' uh, last album. Uh, pray, was it Pray for Paris? And this is called Pray for Pray for Hayden. Yeah, that <laughs> good connection. So good connection. So I, I think there's a real argument here that West Side Gun doesn't want to do what Conway wants to do. <clears throat> this isn't saying that they're beefing. Like, I just don't think they artistically agree on what direction they want to go. Yeah, West Side Gun definitely has more pop sensibilities to me, in my opinion, and, and pop ambition. Uh, you could see that with, you know, with his, you know, Pray for Paris had Tyler, the creator on it, who had a, you know, who had a huge 2019. So, and you can tell that he wants to that he wants to make it he wants he wants Griselda to get to get bigger mm-hmm. and get more wide, widely known and accepted yeah man i mean he he's consumed with art right yeah he's consumed with art and he wants to make art and i think if you want to make art, you can't grind it out, right? You can't just drop four albums a year and right. have it all be the same, right? Uh, if you yeah, I mean, I will art, say I love I love the different. cover. It it does. I mean, of the you know, Pray for Paris was the cover was designed by Virgil Ab. Ab- Abloh. Virgil Abel, right? Abela. I can't pronounce his last name. And then, you know, this this album looks like a, I don't know if that's a Basquiat drawing. Yeah, it's a repurposed Basquiat. Yep. He changed it a little bit. Yeah. So you can tell, as you've said in, in many shows, you can tell a lot about the music by the the cover art. And you could tell the ambition of you know the artist by what they're trying to do with the cover and the image and the imagery that they use yeah yeah no it's it's fair and and the uh yeah no it, it it's interesting it's the album is 39 minutes and 19 seconds uh it's 16 songs mhm and I, I wrote like the mixture of songs to full songs, short songs to full songs is just perfect. Some albums are too long and some have too many short songs and don't feel done. Right. This album might be the best balance thus far. And Griselda or in terms of this year in general? I just think the album. Yeah, as an example of like, what do you do? Like, how long should it be? Right. Yeah. Uh, I think this album is like a really good pace setter for that. Yeah. I mean, it moves, it moves very, moves very quickly. Yep. Yep. Some short skits that lead mm-hmm. into cool songs that set the table. Yeah. Uh, everything really well thought out. Uh yeah, no, it's uh, 
Yeah. The uh, yeah, he wants to Westside God. I think wants to change the working definition of the group uh, by bringing in somebody who's purely artistic. Uh, and Mac Hami is that dude, right? Purely artistic, but still tough. There's, that's still some tough ass music. Yeah. And he wants to. I think this is good. I mean, this is an album you've seen lots of people get excited about. Uh, Drake was posting about it. Yeah. Multiple times. It's that's something. I mean, this is this is a landmark project. I feel like every label or oh, how would you call it? Yeah, I, not every label. What do I want to use? uh crew yeah like every crew you should be dropping at least one landmark album a year you know what i mean like you should drop one every crew should have one album that is really like makes a mark on the on the pop culture for the year yeah you would think i was thinking of like early marvel format where they would say we got one sequel coming out next year and a new one, right? Yeah. So they were like, we're going to hit you with the return of the people you love from last time, but we're also going to give you a new world. Right. Uh, and this is a new world. And you've got to have at least one album for your label or your group. And I'm thinking of Griselda. Like I'm thinking of Pray for Paris in 2020 that, you know, makes those top 20 year ends. And so you can look back at your year and be like, oh, you know, we released XYZ project. You know, that's what kind of defined the year. And, you know, at this point right now, like Pray for Haiti is that, you know, that landmark album or project for the year 2021. Yep. Uh, and that's, that's only going to help help the prestige of of Griselda and help them really because you're right I think uh West Side's Gun's ambition is to get them into that luxury prestige rap category yep you yep. know in the same way like you know TDE like Kendrick Lamar is known as he's pretty much he's a prestige rapper now you know, when he when he releases a project, it's supposed to, you know, be in contention for album of the year or for Grammy or even a Pulitzer. I think West Side Gun aspires for he has ambitions for that that level of prestige. It's a reasonable lane, right? Because he's saying, look, like lots of people do more fun shit than us lots of mm -hmm. people are putting butts on the dance floor and and like turning up and that's we're not going to compete in that right yeah. lots of people are barring out and just like barring out and, and we can compete with that but what's the point right we've already done that for years and and done very well by it the that is a different lane, right? Where you could say, I'm, I'm in the TDE lane, right? I'm going to get where, you know, Schoolboy Q got. I'm going to get where Freddie Gibbs got, right? Yeah. 
they could probably do that. Uh, but they need more dexterity than what has been offered so far. They need more looks. And, mm-hmm. and this is this is definitely a new look. And he's he needs to build on it. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see what comes next, but they, I mean, the cool thing is, like I said, it has a standout song. Mm-hmm. If you go to title and you look up Mac Hami, top track, number one track, Stellar Ray Theory. The Stellar Ray Theory, okay. That's the one with the sun don't shine and all that? Oh, Okay, number track five. Okay. So that's a song that at, when this dropped, people on my timeline, everyone was quoting that. Mm. It just popped. It just stood out from the rest right. of it. Uh, and so there's a lot of good songs, man. Criminal's great. Honestly, Blockchain might be my favorite song. I love blockchain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I adore the end of this album. Ten uh, boxes, Sin Eater. From from Au Revoir to blockchain to Ten Boxes, Sin Eater. Whew. Yeah, I love that. That strong, that's very strong ending. Fabulous. But but like I said, like rap songs that people can sing along with when they're drunk. Stellar Ray Theory, bro. It's beautiful. Yeah. And they haven't had, there aren't many Griselda projects with songs that pop off the album. As in you you appreciate them out of the context of the album? Because like, I, I don't listen to the radio. <laughs> okay. Right, right. So, when I say something's a hit, I'm just saying what my ear is telling me, right? Right. That song's a hit. A lot of Griselda projects, I'm just listening to it wall to wall, enjoying it. Yeah. I'm it's dope. more right. It's more of like an experience experience. But I'm not like that shit. That right. Shit. Right. I would uh, agree with you. So that's and this one has those. This one definitely has some songs like that. Right. Um, but it's cool because it has songs like that. It has songs that float, but it has songs that where he's really like rapping his ass off. Yeah. Uh, I, I, Marie is one of those songs right after Stellar Ray Theory too, where I think he just goes in. Uh, it's beautiful. Um, so let me see here. Oh man. Criminal. I got a lyric from Criminal. You ready for this? Yeah. I keep seeing Dee Dee in my sleep with the gold teeth. Denise put some Wheaties in my cream. She on some bro eat. You need to be strong. Damn. You're right. And it goes back to what you were saying about switching not only being efficient, but being able to switch tones very quickly. He just, 
and you, there's no way you could nail him down and get him to do anything specific. He goes where he wants to go, right? Right. Marie is an incredible lyrical moment. It's one of my favorites. And he flips like a Tupac cadence lyric uh, and gives it his life, right? It never sounds like he's ripping it off. He's flipping it, you know? Uh, yeah. We, it, we talked about soft, soft sections on this. What, what, do you, what, do you, what pops out to you as like where, where it drifted or where it, where it lost intensity? Okay, so let me pull the track list. I mean, it had to be... I mean, I would go, I would probably go nine through 12. Pen, Penrall, Murder, Murder Season. Yes. Magnum Band and then Rami. Yep. Yep. I was, I was glad we had the same thing. Penrall, Murder Season, Magnum Band. That to me, there was a little driftiness to it that wasn't yeah. coherent. They're still good. I mean, it's still a great. I mean, not great, but it's still very good, very strong stuff. High level. But Murder High Season level, yes. is my least favorite song on the thing. Uh, yeah. The only thing I learned is that it's Murder Season again. Um, <laughs> so it's, uh, but yeah, the, it's interesting. I mean, he, the, the mixture of personal stuff, like the lyric I just quoted, to really like stupid catchy punchlines, au revoir, shot that two times like Moderna. <laughs> so that's cool. I mean, it, got those kind of things. It's, it's just everybody can understand this line. It's it's a fun line. Then he's then he starts. Singing Creole, you know, and he's it's a different language, and and so he. One of the things you, you're supposed to do as an artist is take what is different about you and make it unique, right? Right. Because you you take what's different about you, and it can be a hindrance. It can freak people out, right? You can. You know, there's definitely, there's a lot of people with a lot of bad ideas about the Haitian community. There's a lot of people without any ideas about the Haitian community right. who would be just kind of freaked out, right? But by it, but just because, you know, America sucks and we don't learn about people. Like, it's, to, to put it easily. Yeah, I was gonna say he did. He, he, you're right. He did. He did a good job. Like you know, it was. It was an introduction to his his culture. And no, no, obviously the whole album wasn't centered around the Haiti, uh, the Haitian culture, but there were enough. Like I think he did a great job with the skits and with the songs, 
that we were given a, an introduction into it. Right. No, it's, it's like I said, you take what it is about yourself and you make it unique and you make it, you make it interesting. You know, you bring people into it. Right. Mm -hmm. And his writing does that. Mm -hmm. This isn't him just being like, here's Haiti. Here's what happens in Haiti. It's him telling his story and making sure that's a part of the picture and making sure that the picture centers around it. Uh, it it's really, really solidly done. Yeah. Um, that's, that's my thought on it. The um, one of these albums one of these three albums, after the first listen, I bought a damn t-shirt. Um, King, it was the King Mighty? Oh, oh, oh. oh, I can't. Clarence Boddicker's killing me. <laughs> Get it? I see, yeah, it's the bridge. King Mighty yep. 2. King Mighty 2. The, uh, no, it's just, I had a great time listening to this album. Uh, and I love, it was just, it was just exciting, you know, because all three of these albums have runs, incredible runs, right? Right. Uh, if we were talking about the Hami, what is the principal run on Hami? Is it? Uh, three to six or? I don't know. The, the principal eight. run for. I, saw, for I, said for I love Criminal too. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, the ending, yeah, 13 to 16 is strong, but yeah. you're right. I, I would go, yeah, I would probably go, yeah, from three three to eight. That sounds about about right. So, I, it was just exciting to have that principal run B starting on the first track. <laughs> I love... The, the first like five songs, I think, of this are just bananas. Yeah. Uh, just pure energy, like, yeah, from King Mighty 2 intro straight through to like Dragon's Breath. I don't know. You might include Ski Mask Origin too. Oof. It could be one to eight for God's First yeah, 48 is an amazing song. I love First 48, too. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're right. I, I agree. I, I would agree. I think they did a great job. I think the sequencing is very strong. Oh. Strong with it. I, I You know, the first track, and, the, you know, they set it up where the first track, it starts out kind of slow. And then once, you know, once he gets into it, once the momentum gets going, like we're, we're rolling downhill. Yeah, no, the first song, it starts with this kind of ethereal, lovely beat. Uh, and the choice that they make in the intro 
for King Micah to just talk through talk about the beat, how <laughs> the beat goes. Uh, the beat switch it happens what a minute and twenty five in, mm-hmm. and like so, King Micah talking for that first minute and twenty five and being like, you know. I, I didn't. I wanted to be. I wanted to go nuts. I'm. I'm angry. Showed his casual confidence of just being able to talk about the beat to the beat, and yeah. uh, feeling no stress at all to like, you know, deliver what you think he needs to deliver. This is at his pace, right? Yeah, he does. I think he does a good job. Of, I've never heard, uh, you know, King Mighty project. So I think, you know, he did a good kind of alluding back to our last episode. He does a great job of, you know, creating a personality. So, you know, we we understand who's rapping by, you know, by that first track. We understand, you know, we he's created this this character that's rapping. I don't know if if, you know, he raps like he lives, but I mean, he does it, a great job of, you know, introducing his personality to, yes, yes. to the first time and, listeners. And he's, he's, he's playing that control game with his voice the way, remember we talked about the CC Sabathia quote of like, what do you miss about being a pitcher? Yeah. And he says, 35,000 people in the, in the ballpark and nothing happens until I, until I, until I pitch. Until I pitch. Right. So he kind of has that control from the first track. Mm-hmm. Boom. Um, and then a minute and 25 in, that's when the drums hit. Yeah. That's when he brings in the drums. And Mighty Healthy is bringing like elephant stampedes of drums in this thing. It's bonkers. Absolutely. It's bonkers. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I thought the sequencing was very very well done, uh, and that that really enhanced enhanced the effectiveness of the album. And to me, those two things dominate the album, right? King Micah's casual confidence, Mighty Healthy's drums. Yeah. Um. So the oh man, there's so many cool lyrical pulls. Uh, first verse of Indigenous Gems. I can body the F in city remaining calm. Live wire, the hottest shit came from my saliva. Human torch and cipher. African American gentlemen know me as King. Boom. The sample says Micah. That's beautiful. Yes. Beautiful. Old school. You know. It's just you know the confidence, and then there's there's just so many bars. It's like a lot of a lot of lyric, a lot of lyrics, uh, and and fun, fun lyrics. It's energetic, or I should say, l- lyrics delivered with energy. And and to, to talk about this is another really smart deal, right? Only two songs on this are over three minutes. 15 songs, 34 minutes. Oh, wow. Shorter than Pray for Hate. 
right the ski ski mask origin is three minutes and 19 seconds and then babylon five which the posse cut yeah oh i mean that that's my that's one of my favorite that's probably my favorite posse cut of the of the year oh. um and that that was five minutes that's awesome yeah i mean it, it's so very specifically handled and that's the thing about about king mighty too that I think has made some instantaneous fans. You, the, the first listen is kind of like, this is so fun to have back, right? You know, great drums, great MC, great samples, boom, we're here. I'm keyed in, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But when you keep listening, you start to realize there's a lot of interesting nuance here. Hmm. Okay. There's a lot of interesting nuance in the themes and the writing and song length and who's on the project and where they're placed on the project. It's it's a very well thought out intentional piece of work. Yes. It's a statement album. Mm-hmm. Right? It's one of those like that we talked about we we and I talked about this last year with uh Scorsese's Midnight Express or just like this is someone who was like this is my shot fuck it yes you you can tell when you can tell when it it goes when an album when the artist intends for the album to just go beyond a collection of songs you can yep. you can hear that ambition and like you said, you can hear that intention. Uh, and 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 the I, I the word I like to use is a craft. You can hear the crafting of the album. Yeah, yeah, you can you can hear and and so when we talk about the craft and the kind of things that play with the craft, um, oh, man, it was trying to. You know, I was a fan of hip hop more or less. I was more from an era of De La Soul and Portishead. Portishead, yeah. Even the more I listened to that line, the more I was like, man, you don't just pull those two random out of a hat. (laughs) Right? There was a, there's an intentionality there of like, look at how much creative variation we used to have. Right. Look, we used to be able to go from De La Soul to Portishead and be informed by all of them. Yeah. I, I mean, the... Yeah, I mean, it's just the state of music now. Like, it's more... Music is a business now in, in ways that it wasn't I mean, it's always been a business, but it is it is a business now. Uh, right. You know, you look at you know the top artists; their numbers are dictated by streaming. Um, yep. So, if you want to be the top artist, you got to get the most streams, and and some of them are streaming because of 
like ad libs because they yip the right way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and you know, don't compare me to new rappers on XXL covers. The freshman freestyles, depressing and senile. Uh, that's a big part of this, of like acknowledging, look, they're just looking at stream numbers and I'm better than these dudes. And, you know, it, 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 it's depressing to them. Uh, yeah, I mean, no one's really, there's, or I shouldn't say no one. There's very few rappers, and I would say even artists in general, who are really crafting projects like they used to in the 90s. Uh, you know, we haven't, if you really think about it, we haven't really had really any landmark albums. Mm. And I'm not just talking about in hip hop, I mean in like just music in general, there's no landmark, there's no, there's very few albums that I think are gonna withstand the test of time. Yeah, I mean, it's the and, and the economy is weird. Like, so you remember all the band camp day stuff, and it's like, oh man, mm -hmm. um, so that someone had a graphic that said band camp is going to pay out a hundred million dollars to artists for music that's been purchased. The chain smokers made a hundred million dollars last year. Mm. Everybody's profits on Bandcamp fit in the chain smoker's pocket. Oh, that's sad. So that's, that's what sad. he's talking about, I think, right? <laughs> is like, it's not that there's nobody good. It's that what's happening here and like the nuance in the verses is, is so remarkable. Dragon's Breath, right? Mm -hmm. My status in rap, hip hop is my baby mother. I act like I don't like her, but we're back to <laughs> each other. My son's sneaking out of the house wearing my style from the suburbs, repping Southside and Seven Mile. Like, he really does continue working on that baby mother-like image and developing it. It's just great writing. Yes, very great writing. Great imagery. That... Uh, now that you now that you mentioned that was like a that was a passage that really stood out to me on this project because it, right. it brought a smile to my face. It was very clever how he did that. And was the uh, obviously Turtle's pace is the one that's the most direct. It's mm -hmm. hard to be at peace with the state of rap that's drowsy from codeine and Percocets. I'm tired yeah. of the horny thug images. I survived out in the streets not to mimic it. They endorse slave music before my shit. They'll kill me before they ever clap Zimmerman. Yeah, he, I mean, he left, uh, like he went out with a bang. Like that track was very, very thought provoking. Yeah, the, Turtle's Pace. Uh, Turtle's Pace, yeah. And yeah, you, you can just tell that he, he really cares about, he cares about what he's saying. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and it's weird because I, I love this album and I went back and listened to my King Mighty One and it has lighthearted songs on it. Like Good Day is a great song. Uh, Why is a great song where there's like 
levity and that he is definitely more intense on this project mm -hmm. definitely more focused <coughs> definitely more intense uh, so i'm i'm into that uh what did you have a favorite song favorite verse i i mean i loved babylon sorry let me get pull up the babylon five yeah it was just good to babylon five with josiah the gift ace cannons alex Ludvi ludovico and king tetris Shout out um, to my homie Alex Ludovico, he insubordinate records, uh, great, great dude. Uh, had a, had an interview with him. He's awesome. He just said that he's like he appeared on a really important comedy podcast uh, regarding bartending because he's a bartender as well. And I was like, wow, that's fucking cool. <laughs> uh, so he's he's blowing up man and this is great year for him he's already got a collection out he's already got an ep out uh and he i think he smashes this i think he's awesome on this oh I'm, yeah it's just it's i love posse cuts like this where you can really see the chemistry between all of the featured artists on it and the the love and the craft that I mean, it, there's there's a love and a craft from each of them, but there's also like a competitive level as yes. well. They just want to destroy each other in like a good way on, on the track. Yeah, my note on that track was this collection of voices really sets the track off in different directions. Mm -hmm. It's a very wisely constructed group Yes. of, of, of swordsmen. Uh, so... And boy, there aren't many guests, right? Elzai, Guilty Simpson, and then the people on that song, and that's it. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know how much you know about Elzai or Guilty Simpson. I don't know anything about. Super official to have those guys on your album. Elzai was in Slum Village, which is Jay okay. Dilla's group. Right. Uh, one of the most important hip-hop groups out of Detroit. Uh, Guilty Simpson is like, honestly, is who I think of when you say Detroit hip-hop. He's the first name I think of. Mm -hmm. uh, that's just, yeah, been around for a thousand years. If you look up Ode to the Ghetto, on uh, he released on Stone's Throw in 2008. The production is like, mad lib and you know all those cats so oh. it's it's crazy he, he's so these guys just don't pop up for anybody's project and when guilty comes in for a verse there's just no part of you that thinks that uh that mike is worried mike is like that's whatever it's all good right right like there's nobody like it's not that anybody's going to kill him on these tracks it's that he's kind of relieved to have other people of his skill set on these tracks there's a respect you can you can you can hear the respect uh yep from from him uh when when they're on the tracks that feature guest artists 
Yeah, hundred and ten percent. It's he's he's very calm, very casual. That being said, I to me, there's a verse that stands above the others. Um, okay, that is like one of those. I, I'd said this to Def C once, where I was like, you could teach this verse as <laughs> as great writing. Um, it's the first verse of Winning Street. Okay. I, I mean, I definitely wrote it down. Um, so, brush strokes by design. What started off as a raw sketch is now refined. Fill in the lips, give color to the eyes, created characters everyone can familiarize. Hidden gems encrypted all throughout the journey. Less filler, easy to digest. Worldly inadvertently changed the climate through word porn worked towards killing whack rappers as the verse forms that be the premise of this nerd story yeah i mean it, go, it goes back to what we were saying like he he you know he crafts he, he he's a rap craftsman you know the everything that comes out of his mouth, everything that you hear uh, on the track is is by design, is is crafted for the for the listener and their experience. And he's like, he paints the picture and then tells you what it is. Like he says, "I work towards killing whack rappers as the verse forms." That's him explaining, by the way, you remember when I was telling you about brush strokes? You remember when I told you about filling in the lips, giving color to the eyes, characterization? That was me explaining what I do that you can't fucking do. Yeah. That's me explaining the craft to you because you don't do it. So it's him. It's still a verse that's like, Fuck whack, rap, whack rappers, I'm better. But it's like the Andre Matisse version of that. Mm -hmm. It's just like masterpiece of shit talking. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I like <laughs> I like how you put that. Yeah. Masterpiece it's of shit talking. Masterpiece of shit talking. And there's just it, I love the the notion of the turtle's pace, right? Turtle's pace, you know, came out the mud without getting any mud on me, you know? Mm -hmm. It brought me the question, is this album conceptual and sneaky about it? Not conceptual or partially so? What? How would you define conceptual? Just uh, overall. Overall, do, is, this, is this a conceptual album that is giving you, you know, themes and motifs that, that yeah. keep coming back, that that culminate, that all that, or and is it sneaky about it in the sense that you're not seeing it all the time, or is it partially? Uh, partially I mean, I, I I do I think there is a theme of. I, I, I mean, I think the theme is, is 
craftsmanship and treating rap like an art. Right. As opposed to like just a business or, or when I say treat it like an art, treat it with the level of prestige and importance that, you know, like, you know, we we view like we view a visual painting by Jackson Pollock or Pablo Picasso. That's mm-hmm. what he wants to elevate. That's how we should be re- we should be viewing rap. And I think that that's his, his um, that's his ambition here. And the theme of the album is really about elevating artists particularly rappers themselves elevating the way that they see their their art yeah i think it i think in the end it might be sneaky conceptual it might Mm -hmm. be a situation where the more you listen to it the more you pick up on returning themes motifs discussions that uh that he has and develops in great ways uh, yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, I, I, I do. I think that there was a theme. He, there was a theme when he was crafting his album. There was a theme that, or there was a message, or thesis that he was looking to communicate. Yep. I do agree with you on that. Yep, and I think that I think he, yeah, I think he crafts images that that directly fall into what he wants to to let you know about. There's no accidents on this album, period. Right, right. Uh, everything's there for a reason, so. Ooh. You know, Ooh. Turtles Pace 2, Pizza Scorsese and Doom, uh, Culinary Arts. First Find out the yeah. bar for Jihad Scorsese. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, you're right. There, he, he, there was definitely a message that he wanted to communicate. Yep. No, it, it's it's great, and I just think I, I've just been addicted to to these albums, man. Listening to these three more and more, at such a high level with with very different mission statements. Mm-hmm. Navy's reprise, I mm-hmm. love Navy's reprise. Great, yeah. Um, it's interesting because I was talking to uh, Ro, the rap music plug, about this. And I said, I think it's better than than uh, True Sky, which is the album that Navy Blue produced for uh, Akai Solo. And Akai Solo is amazing, you know, mm-hmm. Jedi. But I think I like this one better. And I know there's a lot of people, like, as an example, his last album, Songs of Sorrow, got whatever, 8.8 on Pitchfork. They loved it, right? Mm-hmm. This got a 7.9, so it was a little less. Um, Songs of Sage was a big, grand-scale discussion about the death of his father. What? It was epic. It was sprawling. This, you can look at the cover, and it's perfect. It's this worn parchment this old kind of worn that's how he feels on this world weary emotional uh 
he's dealing with the after effects of that grand uh, event in his life, that huge event in his life that caused a lot of excavation, as he calls it. He's moved past the Songs of Sam into this this day to day. Yeah. And this is this album is him grasping that, and I just find it so beautiful and fascinating. And you know, if I, I mean, it, to kind of tie it back to the point we, when we were talking about album art, Songs of Sage, that was the blue cover, right? That was yes. at the, yes. the was blue face. And Ooh. you know, I think I felt like this was the cover art, uh, and particularly it drowning in like this color of, I don't know, what would you call that? Orange, orangish? Which is almost the complementary orange. Is it like a light brown? Is it like an old brown kind of feel? Yeah, like an old brown orange. Yep, yep. I'm with it you. very. It almost like orange is the complementary color to blue. So, like you said, I think you you're on to something when you're saying this is supposed to be viewed as like a. And the word reprise leads me to believe like this is supposed to be viewed as like a companion piece to uh song of sage in a way i love it i love it so much it's and it's weird he has that he's just so sincere akai was talking about this on the next movement podcast and it kind of gave more uh it kind of gave more power behind me just starting to call these people jedi i think we (laughs) talked about this with e on uh on the mixtape uh, state of the game that we did where there's this these young New York cats that are just like not wasting any time. Every album's part of a legacy. And he was talking about his verses and he said, you know, it's cool to rap about eating shrimp or spending money, but like if you didn't do that shit, like it's nothing. <laughs> it doesn't have any value. Right? Like when a Kai puts down an album, he actually worked through some shit. <laughs> and that's how it is with Navy, 110%. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, you can tell the difference between people who lived it and people who just saw someone else live it and scribbled it in their notepad. Or just are good with words and just throwing words out there, right? Just yeah. good at throwing words together, good flow. You know, there's nothing wrong with that, man. And that's cool. Uh, it takes all kinds of, of rap, right? I'm I love all kinds of, of music, but the Jedi identity is like, what are we getting done here? This is this is going to this is from my heart, right? Yeah. Like, and, and these kids are 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 really digging in from that. Um, yeah, it's yeah. Oh, there was a on Shine. He says, "I'm a I'm an artist painting over scars. All my stars do align. Feel the grace in my bars." Mm. Yeah, I mean, there's just a level of there's a there's a lot of warmth to him. 
Yeah. That comes out in, in his bars. I mean, let's see. What was the highlights for me? I liked, um, I love Timberwolves. Oof. Uh, he has, in the chorus, he says, I recognize I got nothing but time on my side. Ancestors going to ride for me. Uh, grandma, grandmama said I got my grandfather's eyes. Oof. Know who I am, and I own it with pride, sister. Uh, I, re I recognize I got nothing but time on my side. Ancestors going to ride for me. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's he's really into that. He, and so sometimes what he's saying, if you listen to a lot of like $100 bills and shrimp rap, this is going to sound <laughs> boring to you, dude. It really is. Like uh, one of my favorite songs is Sweet Eleven. It's so catchy. And he says, 100 times a day I give thanks, saying none of us alone. When I'm down, I give praise just just saying spent the day skipping stones mm. and when you read it it's like you're so this dude's skipping stones and he's grateful like what who cares but he he's so sincere uh and it's such a an interesting meaningful moment for a rapper to tell you that he spent the day skipping stones it's fucking cool man yeah and to be proud of that, it's great. I think one of the things I kind of love about Navy's reprise, it feels less drifty. These beats feel like real beats. Oh, I mean, his, his ear, he, he's got an ear for what he, he's going to sound, what he knows he's going to sound good on, over. So his website says it's produced by Navy Blue, Malik Abdul Rahman, Play a Hayes, like Alexander Spit, Evidence, Stoney, Willis, Theravada, uh, Larone, Jacob Ro Rochester. Some good names, dude. Some real top producers. And I think it's better for him. I've noticed this with rappers with, who are really good at rapping and really good at producing. You need to give yourself like go ahead and throw three of your own beats on the project but don't mm -hmm. produce it all yourself yeah you're right because you need you need like a third party perspective you need someone like kind of re removed from the experience to give you objective criticism well and there's so many great producers out there who are just making great beats all day. Yeah. If you can grab, like, if get in contact with three of them, right? And then you get a few beats from each, you're cooking, right? You yeah. don't need to worry about this shit. So it frees you up to focus on your writing. On your writing, absolutely. Focus on the themes you want to develop. And I just... I think some of these songs are really great uh, in terms of the meaningful run, right? I, I wrote, what is the meaningful run on this album? Is it, is it my whole life through Sweet Eleven or Shine? Let me pull it up. I'm going to figure it. 
So track four through track 11. I mean, I love HGTV, love Timberwolves, oh. Sweet 11, uh, even Pe- Peach Cobbler, Petty Cat. Yeah, I, I mean, I would, I would agree. Like that middle, that middle part is the middle part of it is the meat of the, of the album. I can't even decide my favorite. I mean, uh, Peach Cobbler is awesome. It's super funky. It's like much more fun than a lot of the other songs uh, that he's made in the past. Uh, Sweet Eleven is amazing. I love Sweet Eleven. Uh, yeah, Timberwolves HGTV is dope. Petty Cash. The only, the only feature on this thing is that real. Demagia kills it. Yeah. Kills it. It's weird to have one feature and it be someone I don't know and the f- first time I hear it, I go, that's the only person who should be on this album. <laughs> it's, uh, that's, that's just the way it is with people who know themselves like Navy, right? Yeah. Uh, you just, you're just like, that makes sense. God's Magnetic Pull is a beautiful beat. Uh, I- Love that. Love uh, that. I mean, I, I I think it ends very strongly too. Yep. Uh, with God's magnetic pull, Primo, Heavenly Twin, and not lots of fear. Um, but then I mean that if I added that to the, you can't add that to the run because then you're just basically saying that that the whole album is phenomenal, which it That's, is. Yeah, it's a different run. I, right. So I would say, man, God's magnetic pull. I wrote down some straight suns up. Sun's Rays Beam, Ray Lewis 52, I seen a raven in the tree. Um, mm. He's just different. He's just different, man. Different perspective. Uh, Ray Lewis 52, I seen a raven in the tree. I was just like, what? That does that do? Wow. Um, oh, man. Uh, I got to let it all go now. I'm on a throne while I got my eyes closed now. Seen it through. I needed you more than you needed me. Three apiece, we all bleed. Primo. So, and that's what I was going to say about this album. Primo kind of feels like the end of the story to me. Not in a bad way. Uh, Heavenly Twin and Not A Lot To Fear, the two songs at the end, they Mm -hmm. feel like an epilogue to the story. Hmm. But Primo to me feels like where the album kind of ends. That's interesting. I, I'll have to listen to it under that context. Yep. So it's, but yeah, no, it's, it's, the hooks are better uh, than they've been before. Uh, oh. But he still does that thing where he's just, Every verse he's digging into himself. Take me to the tomb with what I gave and what I got left. Constant rationalization of a construct. I've been stuck in my ways for a minute. Got to give love to gain ways to replenish. That's light. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he just has a lot of great moments all throughout this album 
and I and I love I love the fact that he that he didn't put it on streaming. Like I said, the only the only way you can purchase it at this time is going to his navybluethetruest.com. Yeah. <laughs> going to the website and paying twenty dollars. So it's How someone I mean, that's, that says a lot to, to me about how, how he values his art and how he wants to position himself. Definitely. Definitely. It, it's, yeah, he wants to position himself in a very particular way. Um, and I, I, I value his perspective. There's a lot, rap, uh, rap music is full of, of the history of, super smart artists mm-hmm. who couldn't couldn't be personable to their audience they couldn't bring people in mm-hmm. right think about king micah's tone right if king micah didn't have that kind of easy wisdom mm-hmm. and technique you wouldn't be you wouldn't be as comfortable mm-hmm. with him right is that there's a long-term Jake effect to it of like this dude's crazy dope, but he's also like he's also talking to me. And Navy's not like that, but Navy is is giving you real personal moments where you know you're like you're feeling like you're in on something important. Mm-hmm. Even if you're just skipping stones all day. Um, mm. It's great. So let me go ahead and transition into some state of the game recommendation corner. There's so much. But let me just do two. Okay. And I'm, I don't know. I might write about some of this. Stuff. Who knows? Um, so, sharecropper's son, I've been recommending to everybody, Robert Finley. This is a blues album. Blues album that came out uh, May 21st. Okay. Um, 10 songs. Badass. Love it. Crazy. Um, yeah, doesn't matter if you haven't heard a blues album in a while, this will work for you. The other one to stay in Detroit, I posted when Detroit is popping, the whole game's better. <laughs> Green King Mike got me excited, got me in my Detroit mood. Uh, Bruiser Brigade doing the same thing, feeling very good. Detroit, I'm feeling like the, the adrenaline's moving. So I'm going to recommend an album from 2012, Apollo Brown and Guilty Simpson, Dice Game. Dice Game. 18 Great. Dice Game. Mean as the day is long. Love that. <laughs> great. Guilty Simpson is great on, on King Mighty 2. Uh, he's just He's one of the heart of the region people. Uh, so, yeah, we're, I, think, I think it's good. And we got guests. We're just trying to organize them. 
uh, for up against <laughs> stuff, and I'm excited about it, man. I'm excited about it. Uh, yeah, gonna be a hot summer. Shout out Lupita Nuango. Return K Diggy's email. <laughs>